I think a lot of people, they just want to wake up one day and assume that I'm gonna have my dream job. Really got to do the work first. I was hyper obsessed with working. A lot of my friends didn't get it. Everything I've done in Chicago has just been from the ground up. That has uh, really shown me that this guy's the limit. Landon Campbell. Landon Campbell. An honor to talk to you. When we're trying to do something new, take on a new job or move to a new city, sometimes it might be easiest to like just go heads first into it. How difficult was following this advice for you? I got laid off. I never said I wanted to be a venture capitalist. You know, it became overwhelming because you can't like be multiple people at one time. How do you invest? I feel like there are so many investors that are just so lazy. I want to be a friend, therapist, confidant. Um, like I, it's more than just, you know, investing. Are you, are you happy with where you are today? I'm Welcome to this week's episode of Up Next. Today we're talking with Landon, the host of the In Their 20s podcast, where he talks with really, really successful people like Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, to learn what they did in their 20s. And also the general manager at Drive Capital's Pre-Seed Chicago Fund, basically the person that does all the decision-making on in which companies to invest and how to allocate the fund's capital. During his time at DePaul University, Landon did 10 internships, a crazy number. He almost worked full-time through his entire college time. And what this, together with all the lessons he learned from his podcast interviews, changed in his life and what impact this had on on his career. That is what I wanted to find out and wanted to share with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Up Next. If you do enjoy, please rate on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you happen to listen. And yeah, let's dive right into it. This is Up Next, it's Landon Campbell. Good to see you, Landon. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Happy Monday. How would you explain what you're doing or living uh, right now to a 10-year-old? Yes. Great question. Um, so I work for a venture capital firm where we invest early. Like we're the first investors into companies that eventually um, can do really special and big things. Um, so I'm building out our office in Chicago. So I'm looking for early Chicago founders, people who have big ideas, um, have unique experiences, and all they need is money to get to the next step. Uh, so I'm investing in those individuals. And then I also have a podcast where I interview successful people about what they did while they were in their 20s. So not what they're doing today, not all the money they're making, not all the success that they're having, but back in their 20s, back when they did not have their lives figured out, back when they were confused on their journey, I interview people to talk about their 20s. Awesome. That's a great, great answer to that. Yeah. Um, and I love to, um, I love to answer it like you're speaking of the 10-year-old because Sometimes uh, that can be difficult to do, but I think um, for the most part, when it comes to storytelling and explaining something, you should have it so that a 10-year-old can understand it and also a 90-year-old, um, someone who's been in the field for a long time, someone who has no idea what venture capital or podcasting is. So it's still a challenge to me sometimes, but uh, you're right. I mean, you do need to kind of break things up like that. Yeah, that's it, it is a challenge for almost everyone I talk to because we're so used to talking about the things we do with the people that are also in the field and like know everything um but yeah it was a, a great answer you actually yep. um you actually grew up in oakland in the oakland area yes right totally. um so close to silicon valley i've heard you say more than once during research how like this exposure uh influenced you during that yeah time like the exposure to entrepreneurship especially totally. you still moved um and and you're to this day um in chicago um how hard was this step i mean difficult to be sure i mean yeah, yeah i'm not special in that sense I, you know many college students move to a new city where they don't have any family no friends um but i mean i think a lot of people are scared to do that also in their 20s and i felt like okay i mean i've been in this place my whole life the bay area oakland and i love it and my family's there and Obviously, you know, never wanted to be away from my family. Um, I talk to my mom like five times a day anyway, though. But uh, my point is, like, uh, if, if you're young um, and you're looking for the perfect time to try something new, sometimes that first big step can be for college. Um, so, 
yeah, it's nice that I was able to do it when I was 18, and I think I could easily do it again um, now that I became comfortable and have proven that I could build something special in a new city where I don't know anybody, um, don't have any connections. Everything I've done in Chicago has just been from the ground up. So um, that has uh, really shown me that the sky's the limit. There's so much opportunity out there. You just have to go out and get it. What were you looking for when you when you moved? What was like what's the bad side of of Silicon Valley growing up there? Why didn't you just stay? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that, and this is one of the many reasons why, um, you know, I wanted to move. I think so much success has been seen in Silicon Valley, which is good. I mean, many of the companies that have gone to, um, you know, improve, make our lives much more um, easier and efficient. Uh, have been started in Silicon Valley. So Silicon Valley, I mean, has already had its time to prove to the world, um, you know, the power of slash how many companies can come out of this area. I mean, uh, many startups, again, like started in this area. So, you know, I was looking for a city where I could move and sure, I didn't know exactly like the specifics of my, the next few years, like what I'd want to do, where I'd work, but I knew I wanted to move to a city that... Um, yeah, like, you know, had enough resources, but not all the attention in the world. And that is Chicago. I mean, Chicago is a very overlooked place when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to um, technology and startups, which is ironic because a lot of culture and a lot of um, talent is in Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in the Midwest and everybody knows of Chicago. Uh, but I, I saw a gap for sure um, and still see that to this day. Um, we have a long ways to go in Chicago, but I'm now... I'm just really fortunate that I can be one of the contributing forces that helps uh, build the city, rebrands the city, um, and maybe has the city compared to Silicon Valley one day. You've been in Chicago for like six years, uh, right? Like, about six, yeah. About six. That's that's a uh, and, and during those six years, you built basically everything, right? Like from yep. zero to what you have today. Um, yes. What's your advice for for someone moving to a New city starting from zero right now to, to build that yeah. social and professional life. Yes. Yeah. So first off, um, I talk about this a lot. It's called working backwards. I think like when we're trying to do something new, take on a new job or move to a new city, sometimes it might be easiest to like just go heads first into it um, and, you know, let the universe, um, you know, kind of figure it out a lot for you. But whenever I take on something new in life, I always like to work backwards. So if I'm taking on a new job, I don't need to know exactly like how long I want to be at that job, but I do like to say, okay, like, what do I want to get out of my first year specifically? What do I want to get out of my first two years specifically? Or if I join a club or an organization on campus, like, what do I want to get out of this? Okay. So I'm all for like doing a lot of stuff in your 20s, see what you like, see what you don't like. But at least before you go into something, try and work backwards and actually write down the specific um um, and it's, it, it just be guessing too, but like, what do you want to get out of this opportunity? Um, and I think like if you're now in doing something for a month, doing it for half a year, doing it for a year, and you're not touching on any of the stuff that you originally planned on doing, um, that might be a problem. That might be a time to change in what you're doing. Um, you know, seek different um, mentors, maybe in the organization, talk to someone about like how you can get closer to accomplishing your specific goals. Um, because when it comes to goal setting, like I'm all for transferable skills. You only do that by making sure that you're setting these specific goals going into something. Um, and then at the end, like when it ends, you're able to say, okay, like I gained this specific skill from this opportunity and I can now bring it over here to this next one. Um, so you got to work backwards and that isn't like a principle that I made. Um, Amazon, I think Jeff Bezos really, um, has a working backwards type culture um at amazon that he uh implemented there early um, so again like take ownership over your own lives know what you want to get out of these certain things um and it can be as simple as you know which um, like clubs to join all the way to which um job to join like know specifically what you want to get out of these opportunities i often talk about intention and i feel like this is really really such a big thing um yep. thanks thanks for sharing that so yeah no intentionality is super important I believe that too. Yeah, agreed. During during high school, one of your things was directing and even playwriting for theater. Yeah. If I had asked um, one of your high school teachers, um, 
back then, how would they describe you? Yeah, well, thanks for doing your research. Um, I think that, yeah, I spent so much time in theater and it was um, really how I built my personal brand like in high school. So I think, yeah, many of my or teachers at the time uh, would have guessed that I'd be doing something along the lines of uh, theater. But this is an example of working backwards. Like I knew, I, I felt like I got everything out of theater that I wanted to get out of it. Um, and uh, going into college, I just knew I wanted to try something new. Theater's what brought me to DePaul, but um, you know, I kind of had this quarter life crisis early and said I wanted to do something new, like something switch it up and get closer to maybe some of my other interests, entrepreneurship, et cetera. So it was so important for me to take those transferable skills and put them into what I you know, started with uh, at the beginning of college. Um, so when I was able to look at theater and say, okay, what did I get from these experiences? I said, public speaking for sure, creativity, um, you know, like collaboration, um, critical thinking, like these are a lot of skills that I still use every single day from theater. Um, so that helps me be a little more intentional about my next moves, like what my next internship looked like, um, what the next opportunity I want to pursue looked like, uh, because I had these transferable skills and then I was able to start something new and say, okay, let me use these, but then also work backwards, like for this next job, what do I want to get out of this? And the first job I had my freshman year was an unpaid internship at this uh, social media marketing company. Obviously nobody wants an unpaid internship and that was tough, but I knew like I had no resume. Um, I had no connections. I had to start somewhere. So that's another example of working backwards um, where, yeah, like, again, I, I didn't walk into that saying, I want this unpaid internship, like going heads first towards it. No, I said, I'm taking this because um, it will help get me to this next job, which will help get me to this next job. So it's not like we have to have tunnel vision. Like I need to know exactly what I want to do in, you know, by next year, in two years, in 10 years. But I think it is important to at least work backwards um, and try and get closer to at least, you know, the main passions that you really want to do full time. So for me, I never said I wanted to be a venture capitalist until maybe like two years ago. But I always knew I loved entrepreneurship and working with founders. And VC is a vehicle to do that. So um, I've been very intentional about getting to where I am today for a while. I'm curious, what do you think was your like definition of success going into university? Like what's the idea? What do you think success means? Yeah, how I worded it, I mean, how I've been wording it since freshman year is be able to, um, well, experiential learning. So I'd, I'd have my classes and do well in the classes. Um, but also I wanted to be able to do these other things like outside the classroom and use those skills from what I was learning in the classroom um, in these internships, experiential learning opportunities, and then vice versa. Be able to take the skills from the internships outside the classroom and bring them back into the classroom. So that's always been how I measured success in college. Um, I never went into it saying like I wanted to have 10 internships, which I did. Never went into it saying I wanted to be working at this company eventually. It was more um, working backwards. I want to be able to continue to grow intellectually by taking the skills from the classroom, putting it into the real world, and taking the skills from the real world, putting it into the classroom. And by having all these internships, I was really able to do that. Like, you know, I was a fan favorite of my professors because, um, you know, in a nice way, I wasn't, um, I was able to like help them kind of teach their classes a little bit, um, you know, from just direct experience that I had out in the real world. Um, so yeah, I really recommend any students uh, start to get um, plugged into the ecosystem early, whatever, wherever you're trying to um, go after. It doesn't have to be through 10 internships, but um, I'm glad I really got on that early. Yeah. So let's talk about those uh, internships. You you did 10 of them during yeah. uh, university, uh, which is like, I, I did some like adding it up and it's like almost three years of yeah. internship experience during yes. your four year studies. Yes. Um, do you think there were, uh, there was like, um, maybe even like outside apprehension, like people finding it weird or questioning yeah. that route? For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been, I was hyper obsessed with working and like uh, getting these internships and a lot of my friends didn't get it. Um, of course, you know, I think a lot of people start interning junior, senior year, but they would just be always questioning like, why 
Are you entering, you know, so frequently as a freshman or sophomore? And to your point, yeah, not three years, but I think pretty much four years of uh, full-time experience I had um, for the most part, because I was, um, uh, a lot of times I was taking online classes, working full-time, and I'd work through the summers as well. Um, I think, and we were on a quarter system, so the, the only time I wasn't working was the first quarter of college, just so I kind of get acclimated and, uh, you know, learn about the area until I kind of settle in. So my point is, like, um, I, 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 that's all experience that I've been able to add to my story, especially like, you know, for post-grad opportunities. Like, you know, a lot of these companies say they're looking for someone with X amount of full-time experience. Um, I was able to compare myself to, you know, so let's say I graduated when I was like 22. Um, I kind of had the, the equivalent of someone who was probably 25, 26 at the time working. So which is why, I mean, I feel like I've already been ahead um, by two years just because I sacrificed a lot of time um you know while i was younger working and learning um i talk a lot about like the importance of storytelling um i think that uh, i just knew like this would always be a part of my story like let me work let me try new things see what i like see what i don't like um document like the skills that i learned in this thing that i could use in this later thing um because there were a lot of jobs that i didn't like but i mean for sure like i learned a lot at those jobs that i still use today so I think um, when it comes to like telling your story, it's important to start with a base of like or a foundation of just having a lot of experiences. Um, so when I work with founders today, I have like this uh, kind of like a inventory of advice and knowledge just from skills that I've had, things that I've seen in real life happen, people I've spoken to. Um, and you really start that, you build the foundation just by doing a lot and trying a lot of things. Yeah, that's... That's super helpful and uh, resonates, uh, especially with with me, I guess. Um, and additional, one of your your key messages from from uh, the TED talk, for example, you did um, is focus on growth over yes. status in your twenties. Mm -hmm. Looking back at this early stage of your career, um, how how difficult was following this advice for you? Um, and, and what were like, what were the difficulties, um, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, for sure. I haven't been so well at this all the time. Um, there was a point where like, maybe I was on like my fifth or sixth, sixth internship and, you know, I was just doing them. It became like so robotic, um, for a small period of time, uh, where, you know, I started to crave like the actual status. Like, you know, I deserve like this title and this, um, you know, like role. But um, I had to like really go back and to understand like why I was doing this. I was doing this to build up my skill set, be able to stand out in the future and overall just grow. Um, so at the end of every internship, during every internship, it became even more important for me to like, again, document my experiences, um, talk about what I was doing, uh, talk about where I was growing. Um, and that means like I was doing that both internally, but then also externally. And then that's when I started to figure out the importance of building a personal brand. Um, and since then, I've been so like loud about kind of like, you know, my own growth, the mistakes that I make, um, the risks that I take, the growth that I see at these uh, jobs. Um, because again, I think it's super important to focus on your growth and know what you're getting out of these jobs. Um, and that is, goes back to my point of working backwards as well. Like I'll never do something new without knowing specifically like what I want to get out of this opportunity, um, where I need to be a year from today at this job. Um, and uh, that's all growth. That, that's the definition of growth. What was your playbook to actually like succeed in those internships? Yeah. Um, so it's funny looking back at this because you know, obviously I made the podcast about I think two and a half years ago speaking with influential people about what they did. Uh, but that's like something I've been doing for a while, like not in podcast form, but I was always excited to go out of my way to book meetings with these, um, you know, leaders and managers and mentors at these companies um, and just listen, listen to their experiences, um, ask them really good questions. Um, and people love talking about themselves. And um, I'm someone that like, I view it like a, chessboard like i want to be able to hear about all the options that exist see what's out there hear what works for someone else uh what didn't work for someone else and then i can pick and choose what works for me 
Like it's impossible to copy what every single person did. And I realized that early um, because at the beginning, probably I was trying to do that. Like, okay, this is someone that I admire. Let me like, and they did this. Like I need to do exactly this. This person did this. You know, it became overwhelming because you can't like be multiple people at one time. Um, and the only way to do that is to really just listen, learn and pick and choose what works for you. But then you got to make your own calculated risks as well. So yeah, to answer your question, like from the beginning though, like just very curious about the journeys of other people. How did you translate that into like bringing value to those companies where you interned at? In, in different ways. I mean, so I, I, I think like when you do have an opportunity to like listen to someone's needs, what they're going through, what they're struggling with, like it's almost like a cheat code. I mean, they're literally telling you what they need and how you can provide value. So um, yeah, I'd say like whenever I meet new people now and even back then, I'd be so eager to like hear about, you know, like, yes, like just the day, their day to day, like what's missing. And sometimes like they wouldn't just say it out loud. Like sometimes I would have to like connect the dots. But right when you realize what someone needs, like that's how you can provide value first. And I think in any relationship, it's so important to provide value first. So that's how I stood out. Someone would, I would listen, I would learn. Um, and I would execute on like something that they need, something that they want. Uh, couldn't do it for everybody, but sometimes I'd say, oh shit, like, you know, I have a unique skill that actually can fill a gap for them here. Um, so I would totally uh, press the gas and um, help them with something like that. That's, that's great advice. Uh, thank you. During university, you also uh, was like, you were part of the, the student body. Yeah. Um, since you're like, since you're always uh, working backwards, what was the intention behind like your political uh career yeah totally um so i wanted to i i know it was only like on uh university um but you'd be surprised like just how there um you know political things could get you know on college campuses um and especially with administration um and i wanted to start to meet some admins and uh you know see how um, i could collaborate and work with them today and it's so funny i mean what i do today you know i work a lot with um college campuses, universities, and their administration. Um, so it was nice to uh, start to plant the seeds there. Um, I wanted to learn how to lead as well. Um, so I, I was interning at a lot of these places. And obviously when you're interning, like you're not going to be given the keys to lead a whole team. Um, so I said, okay, like, let me see who else I can lead, like maybe more on my level or at least on my college campus. Um, so it didn't start like that. Like I was first a senator, but then I became vice president of the entire student body and got to practically, I mean, lead a whole group of uh, senators um, and got to really understand what it's like to lead and manage a, you know, a busy group of people, um, a diverse group of people. Um, and those skills that I gained managing um, individuals there, like um, I still, I use today. I mean, you know, for the teams I manage, et cetera. Um, teams that I've managed after. Um, so I'd say uh, connections with administration, management, um, and like leadership. And the third, I'd say um, I was like trying to uh, for sure make a difference. And we did. I mean, we, we rolled out some great initiatives on campus. Um, I think, uh, you know, everybody goes into wanting to do something like that, saying like they want to make a difference and change. Like, obviously, that's what you're doing. It. So I was intentional with like what I wanted to do while leading, um, like what change I wanted to make in the year. Um, and I, uh, I focused on like rebranding and I wanted to like market better, like what the student government was doing. Um, so I built better relationships with press and media. Um, I wanted to bring, um, uh, free, uh, menstrual products to campus for, um, you know, students that needed those. Um, that was something that people have tried to do for a while at DePaul and we were able to finally do so. Um, like I made that a big um, objective of uh, my president. I am, we work backwards to see, okay, like what's already been tried, what has been done, like how, how can we change this? And ironically enough, it was because we were so respected by administration, I believe, and had such great relationships with admin that we were really able to do it in such a short amount of time. Uh, so, I mean, they all kind of tied in with each other. Uh, so yeah, no, that was a great experience for sure. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, to your point, like, I didn't just wake up and say, hey, like, time to run. Um, I said, okay, like, if I'm going to do this, this is what I have to get out of it. 
uh, this is how I'll know at the end, like I got something out of it. And I did. It's a lot of fun. Looking back at your university experience, the experiences you had interning, but then also like the learnings you had in class, was it worthwhile? And also what was the most important um, or yeah, most important part of the experience? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that like I got out and worked in college, uh, to be honest, like my experience would not have been the same if I didn't, I would not be doing what I'm doing today if I didn't get that head start. Um, and just started to like build that, um, uh, the mentality early of working backwards, building up skills, um, and just trying a lot in my twenties. So, um, yeah, you know, I had a lot of great professors for sure, but I just really craved like so much more than what I was learning in the classroom. And, um, you know, now having like been a college graduate, I'm glad I did like DePaul, you know, great school. Um, I learned a lot, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I for sure gained way more, uh, in my college years from working, um, than, uh, the classes for sure. Again, you know, I, I kind of asked that a lot, uh, and I speak a little lot with my family, like, would I be doing what I'm doing today if I just, you know, went to classes or if I just had the internships and just started working early. And I think like, it's for sure the latter. Um, I, I, I don't think that I needed um, my degree to you know, get to where I am today because I figured it out. And obviously it was, it, it would have been more difficult, but it was difficult. I mean, I, I'm in a space where the traditional path sometimes is like investment banking and you gotta go to this school, gotta do these things. And I got into VC through a podcast. So, I mean, I, I made my own um, path into doing it. Um, so I think that more 20-somethings, again, need to take ownership of their, of their own lives and identify, like, where they want to go. I try not to say, like, what they want to do because that, sh that could change all the time. But where do you want to go? Like, in what direction? Um, and uh, you got to take ownership and figure out a unique way to get there. Yeah. So your your advice would be would be to to make this decision very, very open-mindedly versus yeah. like thinking about how you can enhance your, your college experience. Exactly. Yes. Almost like, or over, uh, over two years ago, you started a podcast called, um, in, in their twenties, um, together with a friend who sadly passed away in 2021. Um, but you carried on, um, and in like 112, 12 episodes, I think it's, that's yeah. the number you yes. had like guests like steve wozniak um andy dunn eve williams so very impressive people why do you think content creation is something more young people should be doing content creating has led me to meet some amazing people build my network in a way that like um you know i was already doing before but uh this has just allowed me to do it in a, in a whole other rate of exchange and scale so um that's been helpful uh, personal branding. So I, I think like if you, you know, if you build a community and like if you're transparent with your network about your interests and what you want to do and what you are doing and what you're looking for, like opportunities will start to come your way for sure. So um, I let people know that, you know, I, I, I want them to think about me when they think about Chicago, when they think about startups, when they think about venture capital or when they think about podcast. Um, and I don't want to always have to be in the room for those conversations with other people thinking about those things. Um, but because like, I'm so consistent about sharing my experiences with those four things, sharing my thoughts on those four things, I've had a lot of people reach out like, Hey Landon, I heard you're the guy to talk to. If like, I'm interested in moving to Chicago, I heard you're the guy to talk to. If I'm interested in starting a podcast. Like, how did you find me? For example. Um, so I, I think that, uh, when it comes to personal branding, like it's really important to just be loud, proud about what, um, you're looking for what you're doing, what your interests are. Um, and then, uh, you know, you'll start to uh, build a, a steady pipeline where, again, you don't have to always be in the room for people thinking about those things. Um, I think that uh, another thing, um, so I got laid off uh, earlier this year. Um, you know, it's not going to be embarrassed about people you laid off all the time. Um, but, like, I was just, you know, reflecting a lot, like, shit, like, if I didn't have this whole other thing that I was putting in so much time with on the weekends and like my extra thing, my brand, my voice, uh, it would have been just way more difficult for me to jump back in and find something else. Um, and we're going to talk about what I'm doing today, but like, it's so funny. I really got, I literally got laid off on a Monday 
and had a new job by Wednesday. Um, That's impressive. And, and like, it's like our paths crossed at the perfect time. Um, but how they heard about me and like why we started talking is all like through my brand mainly um, and what I had built. And especially, uh, you know, the company Drive, they're looking to do something very specific in Chicago that like, you know, I felt that I filled the uh, gaps with and was able to do that for them. And I have so much fun doing what I'm doing now for them. Um, because back to do the work for you at the job. I mean, I was already doing a lot of these things already. I uh, just, you know, because I was interested in them, passionate about meeting with founders, meeting with VCs, um, scouting, angel investing. So my point is, um, yeah, I, I think like uh, when all is lost in the world and you feel lost, and, uh, things aren't going your way, like your brand can stay constant. Like what you do on the side will always be there. Um, and you can leverage that and use that to create new opportunities for yourself. Yeah, and you, you can't be laid off from your podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. The only person who can tell me to stop doing what I'm doing is me um, yeah. on the podcast front. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, if it doesn't get in the way of work, um, a side thing is really healthy to have. Agreed. Um, and and also, like, looking more specifically at your, your podcast, what um, what is starting and growing this podcast and also talking with all these these guests um that i've i've mentioned what, what what did you learn from from this probably a lot but what do you think is yeah. like you're you're like i don't know three key lessons yeah um consistency always wins um the fact that i was you know and i've taken some time off in their 20s just so i'm still in a transition phase with work um, uh i think uh for so long i was posting every single week uh, like over 100 weeks um, and I, I think that, uh, that was important for me to, you know, be repetitive and do that and keep growing it through the challenge, challenging days, through the good days, but also for the audience, like it's so important for the audience to like hook on to a day and say, okay, Landon's sharing these every Monday. That makes sense. Um, we're going to start listening more frequently. So consistency is always very helpful. Um, I think, uh, number two, like, uh, access for sure. So a lot of people see the people that I speak with on my show and um, think like, oh my God, how did you get in touch with this person, this person? And I'll be honest, like, um, you got to start small first, but once you start building the flywheel, like, it becomes really easy um, because there's this thing called seven degrees of separation. Like, everybody knows of someone. There's, you know, like, the world is way smaller than you think. Um, and I worked at Cameo briefly as an intern and I learned that because I got the celebrity, I was getting the celebrities on Cameo. Uh, Cameo is the marketplace where you can get custom videos from your favorite celebrities. And I was like, wow, these people are way easier to connect with than like other people assume. Um, sometimes you got to be a little more scrappy and, uh, you know, reach out this way, that way. Um, be short, simple, to the point. But, like, you know, I'm getting these celebrities on the platform. I bet I could do this in a podcast format. And I did. So you start small. Um, but then, you know, if you're the more consistent you are, you're able to build a flywheel. Um, and, yeah, my podcast, at least getting guests has evolved. Like, I went from getting a lot of no's and me reaching out to now I'm at a place where I work with, like, a lot of uh, public relations teams and they just send me their clients um, for free and stuff. So um, it's like the more you do something, uh, the easier it becomes. Um, and also, I'd say the third thing, like, um, so when I started the podcast, like, it was, uh, you know, at least the objective for us was to, have it, you know, become this big media company and grow. And, you know, so we worked backwards to make that happen. Um, and then I had like this switch where I said, oh, I could use this to get into venture. Um, and it was okay to make that switch. Um, you know, and I went fully towards that and started to work backwards and said, okay, what do I need to make that happen? So um, I, I just, uh, I think podcasting is a growth hack to a successful career um, you'd be surprised you can get into a lot of new career paths through a podcast did you have like a a, a guest where you had to like had this what the fuck moment of oh like he's oh. actually i'm talking to this person oh right yeah no oh my god are you kidding me all the time um <laughs> like yeah i think um the ev williams one was crazy for sure like i remember like um like just sitting there like wow <laughs> this is happening very cool uh, and uh, I'd say Steve Wozniak is an obvious one as well. Um, 
yeah that one was really cool um because yeah that was a big episode episode 50 i was a little like numb though like going into it because i think like a like a personal matter had happened right before uh on, on his side and like we had to push it back like a few weeks and I had been like stressing, like, what if it doesn't happen? And then I just became pretty numb. And then it just happened. Um, so I felt really good about it. Um, I'm trying to take two roles. Better or work. You know, he was running for president at the time. Um, that was really cool because that was like an early interview. Um, but yeah, no, um, a few of these have been pretty shocking. I'd say, yeah, the Ed Williams one, uh, the most, though. That's like all of the uh, the the episodes you just mentioned, and, and basically every single one uh, is is worth checking out for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, you're you're doing a, a great job at that. Um, Thank you. So let's let's uh, yeah, let's look at your like post graduation career. Your first full time position was at uh, Motorola, um, where where you had already like done an internship previ previously, um, and and you worked there for almost like one one and a half years um yeah how was this experience and especially um like finally transitioning into like a full-time thing yeah so i interned at motorola first um had a great internship there <clears throat> got a lot out of it um and then i became i became um, a full-time hire um yeah i'd say uh, a few things that working backwards like i wanted to do there like i wanted to master sales sales is so important um, and I think it's a great way to start at a company because you learn like about all the products really quickly, you learn about the customers very quickly. Um, and, um, I, I just wanted to, you know, I'd been a sales intern previously, but like, I wanted to be able to like, okay, full-time sales role. Let me see all the things that I have to do to become really successful at this job because I still use like selling skills every day today, um, included. And, you know, the companies that I work with today that like are working on hiring an early sales force, um, it's nice to be able to share advice with them uh, based off of my learnings. Um, and uh, I think I wanted to lead internally as well. So I joined, um, you know, the young professional group at Motorola and helped, uh, you know, put together some events. That was a lot of fun. Um, and um, yeah, I, and listen, like, it's okay. Like there's, there's been some repetition, right, for my uh, you know, working backwards objectives at a few of these jobs. But I'd say at yeah, Motorola, like comparing it to, um, you know, the time being vice president, like I wanted to lead, I wanted to master sales, that's the new one. But then also I wanted to uh, create better relationships with like the, you know, executives at the company, which I did very similarly to like creating better relationships with the administration at this university. Um, so I was able to do that. Um, and uh yeah once i did those three things at motorola i felt like it was at a good place and then you then you left right like it was really this this intentional of hey like that's what i want to do like i'm i'm basically like checked all the boxes and then you moved on yeah 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 i moved on um and you know right before motorola i worked at a startup i was at cameo as an intern but it was like a it was close to a year-long internship that got extended um so i just knew i wanted to go back to a startup um and take those um, skills from working at the big company for a year and a half, close to two years, and be able to use those at a startup. Um, and, you know, I started at this company called Inside, founded by um, someone I interviewed on my podcast. And, um, yeah, like, I remember they, they gave me the um, job um, acceptance, and they wanted an answer for me. And, uh, you know, the role, you know, it was super cool, work at a media company, startup, um, have a chance to potentially, you know, like do X, Y, and Z. But before I like said yes, uh, I emailed them back like these three things that I wanted to do. Um, and I asked like, you know, would I be able to start these on day one? If not, like, what would I have to do before doing these? Because I knew like before I started at Inside that Inside would be probably the last job I had before I got full-time in the venture. Um, so it was all like a part of the journey. I didn't know how long I was going to be at Inside because I never put a time limit on it. I more said, okay, if I want to get into venture next, what do I have to do? Um, and the three things I emailed them back, I said, like, I wanted to make a podcast specifically focused on venture capitalists um, to meet more VCs. Um, I wanted to lead a team. Um, so I wanted to be like an operator slash leader. Um, and I wanted to... Um, 
be able to uh, work with the sales team to source and uh, you know send them opportunities. Um, so for two of those, they said yes, like you can start these on day one. Um, as for the leadership one, they said okay, like we're not going to let you lead on day one, which totally makes sense. Um, but if you do blank blank blank, we'll let you lead a team. Um, and I did that, and I had an opportunity to lead um, the events team. Um, so once pretty I pretty quickly, right? Yeah, pretty quickly, um, because I was only at Inside for about 11 months. So all this stuff, you know, happened really quickly. Um, but yeah, it's just funny because I got laid off, but like the timing was perfect because I accomplished everything I wanted to do. Um, I was able to use that story to help leverage uh, my next opportunity. Yeah. So um, do you feel like when you got laid off, although all these like three things, uh, like yeah, like you got everything out of it? that you wanted to? Um, yes. So I got everything out of it that I wanted to. Um, I, have, I haven't shared the full story of like how I got laid off and stuff. You know, I, I might talk about that one day, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, it was still tough to have to deal with that for sure. Um, cause in, in one way or another, it was still unexpected. Um, but everything happens for a reason. So it's like, it's three months ago, right? That you, that you joined, uh, drive yeah. capital as yeah. a as a gm yeah i joined um, right capital about three months ago it feels like i've been there for three years um like yeah, I, they they keep me busy i love it um this is really like my jeep my dream job um i'm doing everything i wanted to do um i didn't know it was gonna be with drive i didn't know like it was gonna be at this capacity but like this is what i mean by working backwards like um i'm just so lucky and thankful every day to like be able to do something that like i've been trying to get towards for so long like uh, also be able to make a difference in my city um, like I would, I wouldn't trade what I'm doing now for anything. How how does a day in your life currently look like? <laughs> Every day is different, but um, for the most part, I'm meeting with a lot of founders, um, averaging maybe like two to three, sometimes four founders a day. Um, I'm supporting the current founders that we're investing in for the pre-seed fund because I'm building our pre-seed fund in Chicago and I'm building our Chicago office. Um, so companies are starting to come in, so it's supporting them. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the GM investor or the VC that like, you know, it's just let's give them the money and see you later. Like <laughs> I and I've learned this from, you know, some VCs do it. Some VCs don't. Um, I want to be the, like the hyper involved um, investor, which means, you know, um, energy can get drained sometimes because I want to be able to like connect the dots to the best of my ability. I want to be a friend, therapist, confidant. Um, like I, It's more than just, you know, investing. Um, and I, I feel like there are so many investors that are just so lazy, um, and they, um, you know, they have so many companies, they just kind of like forget, um, to care about, um, each one and not to say you can give a hundred percent of your energy to each one, but I mean, it's like, you know, I, I go into every meeting with these companies, like, uh, okay, what's your current challenges? Like put it, like, just, I listen, like, just talk and tell me what you're currently going through. What's wrong. Um, what's the high of the week, what's the low of the week, so then I can start to connect the dots um, and at least be the best GM that I can for each individual company. Um, so again, like I, I love it, um, being able to work hard for the companies because I want them to succeed um, and I want to be able to um, contribute in their success. Um, so yeah, it's tending with the companies that we're investing in and also, um, yeah, just continuing to grow the brand of Drive. Um, yeah, and that's not just in Chicago. Like, you know, I've been traveling a lot to other Midwest universities and areas um, to meet with other VCs, student founders, um, just continuing to help drive, you know, build our brand um, in the Midwest. But um, eventually, you know, I'll be able to get a lot of these founders that we invest in, if they're not in Chicago, to move to Chicago. Because I want Chicago to be uh, the next hotspot for sure. Well, how do you invest? Like, what's your, what, what are you looking for? Yeah. Um, so I usually start with if, whether or not the founder can see themselves doing this uh, for like 10 plus years sometimes. And I know that's using an arbitrary number, but I think uh, some people, myself included, and why I'm not a founder right now, like I haven't found the one idea that I want to focus on forever. Um, and um, founders need to make sure that they understand that this is a long-term journey. Um, you're going to have a lot of highs, but then also like during the lows, what keeps you there? Like, what, Why do you want to stay? So um, it's important for me to understand whether or not that founder wants to be working on this for a long time. Um, we, we talk a lot at Drive about the why now. Um, like, why is now the time to build this? And um, what I say often is no idea is a new idea. Um, 
you might think that you're the first person to do this. Chances are it's not true. Someone's tried it one way or another, but they failed because the timing wasn't right for the most part, or the founders gave up. Uh, and I, I always get the Uber example, like Uber's why now? Uh, because many people tried ride sharing before Uber. Um, Uber had a very clear why now of the rise of smartphones, the rise of 3G, and the rise, or the use of um, Google Maps released their API uh, that allowed companies to use in their own apps, et cetera. So um, you can see the inside of Google Maps. So without those three things, I don't think Uber would have succeeded. Um, so it's important that founders can communicate like why is now, like what's the critical insight that you have that says that now is the time to build this. Um, and market size is also very important to us at Drive, but every market's big for the most part. And it's so easy to just Google and say, okay, like this is a $60 billion market or this is a $50 billion market. And that's not what I'm talking about. Like I, I want you to share the number and I want you to break it down in a very, um, uh, you know, articulate way. Like, and then also, what's the insight there? Like, why do you think it's growing? Um, why is the market this size right now? How many people are made up in this market? So yeah, it's important to communicate that as well. You you also angel invest, right? Like, and and hustle yes. fund and stuff. Is that the, the same approach, or why do you angel invest? Um, yeah, very similar approach. Uh, with angel investing, I think I have like a little more flexibility sometimes to invest in like uh, brands also like and support them um but uh yeah you know i just invested or i invested in my first uh, last year and they just raised a series a i got in pretty early so that was exciting um and those guys are just friends uh that i met through the podcast so um yeah uh the podcast has opened up a lot of doors for me for sure that's that's so cool you're you're still super young like that's safe to say you're in your 20s you're yeah. uh but but nevertheless you've done like a lot of impressive stuff and you uh, you've seen um so many different things from different perspectives um yeah are you are you happy with where you are today yeah but i'm so hungry uh for more so never get too comfortable um, what are you chasing um Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, the big thing that I've been saying like forever and I think that, you know, so relevant is uh, freedom for sure. Like, you know, freedom of my time and like not to say I don't love what I'm doing, but I mean, you know, once we get older, like once we become more experienced, um, you can start to see like, okay, like if I want to do this full time, I can do this thing. If I want to like fully dive into this, I can do this. So I think uh, most people for sure are like chasing for that freedom and that's okay. Um, Because I'm still living in the moment. Like, I'm so, you know, I love what I do and I'm going to continue to do what I do right now. Um, and, you know, I'm way more free and following, obviously, what I wanted to do long term now than I was like, last year or two years ago or three years ago. So I think that's something that's always fun to chase. Um, but yeah, other than that, what else am I chasing? Like, the growth of Chicago is really important to me. Um, that feels like a overwhelming challenge sometimes, but I think that we're going we're gonna to make it happen. Um, We just need uh, to continue to um, build great things in the city, uh, build a community as well, um, and give founders a reason to want to stay here. So, you know, my, my, my objective is to, like, I want $10 billion companies in Chicago, and I want them to come through what we're doing at Drive. Um, it's easier said than done, though. So, you know, just every day, I just kind of focus on my tasks and goals for the day. But, like, if I have to work, uh, say, like, what am I working backwards towards? It's that. What's your definition of success right now is it like money uh, probably not but maybe it is money that you earn yeah no no not money at all um i'd say um well yeah good question i mean impact yeah i, I love people that come up to me and say hey like i got into xyz because of you or thanks for the advice that you know you shared on this like, now i'm motivated to do this now and yeah i think just overall impact is something that i've always been passionate about like i, I love uh helping um people get closer to you know, following their dreams. And I think you accomplish your dreams when you get other people like close to accomplishing theirs or able to accomplish theirs. So to the people who have been influenced by me to start something like from scratch or start something on the side, um, like that's, that's all I could ever ask for. That's been amazing. And sometimes it's like, well, um, thank you. Like, but it's uh, Paul Griffith said he's determining his success by like whether or not he's stopping traffic at his funeral yeah <laughs> that's a good one I yeah see, yeah maybe i'll get there one day we'll see 
that's a that's a i i, th I feel like that's a great tweet um yeah that is a great tweet yeah um so what what do you think is your uh or was your your biggest failure and what did you learn from it biggest failure um well i mean i fail all the time um and i i love when i fail because you learn from those failures i mean yeah just starting certain things like starting different projects that didn't work out but like um i don't view that as a failure because you know i yeah well it didn't work i could say hey like this is why it didn't work. This is what I would have done differently. So I think that, um, well, you can turn failures into a positive, like if you're able to reflect and know specifically like what went wrong. And then failure is bad when you make the same mistake twice. Um, so yeah, welcome, like don't fear failure, welcome fail, uh, mistakes, but just, yeah, don't make them twice. Yeah. Um, and like almost in the opposite way, do you, what, what were, I don't know, two, three key decisions that where you like went left when everyone uh went went right um that turned yeah. out to be be like golden and life-changing dude great question um and well, let me tell you why i think that's a great question i think it's because we have so many decisions that we have to make every day that really stress us out and will continue to stress me out but i think that at the end of the day like there are only maybe three or four big things that like if you decide in your life like the big decisions that really matter so yeah i'd say moving here um not to say like i had doubters and haters and stuff um, um but yeah it was a big thing i mean a lot of people from where i'm from ended up just staying there um so maybe i'd even add like staying in chicago after graduating that's for sure one of them uh launching the podcast for sure um and just yeah how much like i worked in college as well i'd say those are like the three major um things that i'm glad i did I love it. It was uh, was super cool. Is there anything you wanna you wanna promote? I I'll definitely link your podcast in the in the description um, and show notes. But anything yeah. else? No, nothing I didn't talk about today. But just Paul wanted to say thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed this episode. Spoke a lot about working backwards. Spoke a lot about um, focusing on your growth. Um, and spoke a lot about just making an impact. So thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of Up Next. If you want to unlock more secrets to success, then make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode again. And if you enjoy the show, I'd be super grateful if you could take a moment to leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Your feedback helps me to continue bringing you the best content and guests. Remember, you have the power to shape your own future. You are up next. Till next Wednesday, I'm Paul, signing off. Bye-bye.